0: Welcome to the 165th podcast, and the 135th is a City on a Hill Church. Pastor Mike continues in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 5, this being part 2 of his Walking in the Light series. He's entitled this message, Children of the Light. As with Israel, the New Testament church is commanded to be God's light in the world. To expose the darkness of this world to the conquering light of god his word his truth we then as children of the light are tasked with carrying on this divine illumination exploring this as only he can here is pastor michael clark this is a series uh,
1: this is actually the second part Uh, In a series that I began a few weeks ago, or I guess a couple of weeks ago, uh, entitled Walking in the Light. Walking in the Light. And this message is entitled Children of Light. Children of Light. So Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 5 says, O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. You don't have to hold your place here if you want to flip to the New Testament. Book of Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says this New Testament equivalent. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says, For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So in the Old Testament, God's children Israel and Judah, they were called to walk in the light of the Lord. In the New Testament, as the church, we are also called to walk as children of light and walk in the light of the Lord. Now, uh, briefly, um, recapping the message from two weeks ago, because they're kind of tied together. And if you didn't hear the message a couple of weeks ago, I encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the first message out of Isaiah chapter 2, verse 5. Uh, and we, we looked at how Israel was called to be light, how God had called Israel, his people, and Judah to be light in the dark, pagan, pre-Christian world. And nationally, the nation of Israel and uh, the nation of Judah, nationally, they failed. They failed to be light to the dark Gentile pagan world around them. They didn't really reach out to the Gentiles with God's light. They didn't reach out to the pagans with God's love, uh, with God's holiness. Initially, uh, the nation of Israel uh neglected to represent God properly to the Gentile world, uh, and then they began to worship the Gentile gods. They used to uh, worship Ashtoreth and Molech and Baal and all of these other gods of the ancient world, uh, and the Jews uh, began to go after these foreign gods. So God uh, judged them. As a matter of fact, God sent them into Babylon in a 70-year captivity, uh, and Babylon was the seat of pagan idolatry and so it to some degree it's like God said you want to worship idols instead of me I'm going to give you your fill of idolatry I'm going to send you to Babylon and you could go worship your idols there and of course once they were uh, taken as captives into Babylon then they were crying out to God again uh, for help for salvation for deliverance uh, and God did save them, and He restored them, and He brought them back into their own land. However, at that point, after they came back from the seventy-year captivity in Babylon, they never really, as a nation, went after the foreign gods again. You didn't see them worshiping Zeus and and Jupiter, the Roman gods, the, the Mars and, and the Greek gods. You didn't see them going after foreign gods after they were disciplined in Babylon. However. Uh, they did not reach the Gentiles with the light of God or his word. They became inverted and they became religious and they became legalistic to the point that they were, uh, they despised Gentiles. So they were wrong when they went after the false gods earlier in their history. Then they, they, they were wrong when they uh, despised the Gentiles and didn't show them the love of God and the light of God and the truth of God's uh, word. And uh, as a matter of fact, they, it, it was so bad, their legalism uh, was so bad that tradition tells us and, and Jewish historians tell us that at the time of Christ, uh, the Jewish men would pray and they would thank God, the religious Jewish males would thank God that they were not born a woman because they considered women unclean, that they were not born a Gentile, and that they were not a dog. That's how they prayed. So they were so almost uh, prejudiced against the other people that were there, uh, and they felt uh, uh, that they were uh, so much more superior to the other nations. And so they just blew it. Not only did they uh, neglect to represent God and the God of the Bible to the nations, the pagan nations that were in darkness, but they rejected Jesus Christ when he came, who was the light of the world. Uh, And so that charge then was passed to the church. And then we, as the church, were called to be the light of the world to the Gentiles and to those who were worshiping other gods and false gods and so forth. We looked at how God revealed himself in fire in the Old Testament. The Father revealed himself in fire to Moses at the burning bush. In the book of Exodus, where the bush was burning with fire, yet it was not being consumed, and that's when God called Moses to deliver his people from the bondage of the slavery uh, in Egypt. And so God revealed Himself in fire. Fire produces light and fire produces heat. We know that when Moses went up on Mount Sinai to commune with God for 40 days and 40 nights, and God revealed Himself uh, to Moses and God gave him the Ten Commandments written with the finger of God upon tablets of stone, that everyone who was down at the base of Mount Sinai who were looking up at at the mountain, it was covered in a cloud and fire uh, and lightning and thunder. And earthquakes and rumbling. And the people were terrified. But once again, God revealed Himself to His people uh, as fire or as light." We know that when the children of Israel were wandering through the wilderness for 40 years, God revealed himself to the children of Israel as a cloud by day, and the cloud would descend upon the tabernacle where Moses would go into commune with God, to meet with God. and the cloud, uh, whenever Moses would go into the tabernacle, the cloud would descend uh, upon, uh, as it were, the tabernacle and to God to commune with Moses, the man of God. Uh, And then at night, God would reveal Himself as a pillar of fire to keep their enemies away, to drive away the wild animals, and to keep them safe and warm and protected as they were 40 years and 40 nights in the wilderness. So again, you have the Father revealed as fire. Fire produces light and fire produces heat. In the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, we're told that our God is a consuming fire. And if you look at the descriptions of God in the Bible, when He's seated on the heavenly throne, it's all fire uh, up in heaven. In in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, the throne room of God, uh, where the Son of Man is presented to the ancient of days. There's so much light and fire there at the throne room of God. You see that also in the book of Revelation. And so uh, we know that God is light. Jesus Christ, the Son, as we looked at a couple of weeks ago, is also uh refers to himself also as light. He's the light of the world that's come into the darkness. And we looked at that uh in, in the scriptures of Jesus being called light uh a couple of weeks ago. So the Father is revealed in fire, light. Jesus is revealed as light, the light of the world coming into the darkness. Uh, The Bible we looked at is also called light. The Word of God is referred to as light throughout the Old Testament. And so, uh, we are, uh, coming, you know, from darkness as it were, spiritually speaking, into the light when we come into God's presence and we come into uh, a, a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And then His Word is light to us. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm five. He gives us illumination. He gives us understanding. He, he, he helps us to avoid the pitfalls and the snares of the enemy. Uh, before we were saved, we walked in darkness. We stumbled and sometimes we didn't even know what we were stumbling over because we were blind. And yet now we see we also know that uh, as we uh, see the third person of the trinity revealed in scripture the holy spirit of god who is the author of the bible if the bible is light and he's the author of the bible he used humans to write it but it's the holy spirit who inspired the very words that are in our bible inspired all of the bible uh he also is revealed as fire and light if you look in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, we see this scene there on the birthday of the church. Acts chapter 2, and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. "...as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so God the Father is revealed as fire." God the Son is revealed as the light of the world, and God the Holy Spirit is revealed as tongues of fire coming down, as it were, upon the heads of the early church members, those who were there on the day of Pentecost. And so we have the whole uh, Trinity revealed to us as light and as, as uh, light that comes into our lives. Now, it's interesting that uh, the day of Pentecost is the birthday of the church, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And actually, not this Sunday, but next Believe it or not, this Sunday is Memorial Day weekend. Someone told me that today. I didn't even realize I was going to come into the office, and I was told, oh, no, we're closed. It's Memorial Day uh, next Monday. So, um, just if you don't know this, I, I forgot. It is uh, Memorial Day weekend this next weekend. Um, but the following Sunday, the 31st of May 2020 is the day of Pentecost, where the church historically has celebrated for nearly 2,000 years of church history, celebrated the birthday of the church, as is recorded for us here in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And it's so exciting that there are thousands upon thousands of churches who plan to reopen on Pentecost Sunday who have been shut down due to this coronavirus nightmare uh and uh we we you know we we kind of beat them all to the punch uh, because our pastor felt led to to open up last Sunday actually uh this previous Sunday we were here uh, but uh there there will be thousands and thousands and thousands of churches opening up on Pentecost uh Sunday this year so that's very exciting uh to see the church uh really coming, coming out and being bold and standing up for our uh, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and standing up for our uh, right to gather together as His people. Listen, um, we are uh, concerned about people who are sick, obviously. We're concerned about the elderly and the, those who are frail or those who have underlying health conditions. Of course, people uh, in those categories need to be very careful uh, with this coronavirus. But to shut the church down all over the world for any reason is unacceptable. For any reason. Especially in this country where we have a constitution and we have our First Amendment which guarantees us free exercise of our religion. It's guaranteed. Don't forget there were people in the early church when it was illegal to be a Christian, they would rather be fed to the lions for the sport of the Romans then deny their, their Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they, would, they would die. They were willing to be tied to a stake and burned at the stake throughout medieval history uh, because they would not stop preaching Christ. Paul and Peter were willing to be beaten uh, and thrown in prison. Bloodied and beaten. And they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. So, um, I think the churches should reopen and if people want to come, they can come. If they don't want to come, certainly they can feel free to stay home. But imagine, just imagine with me for a moment, if for any reason, natural disaster, coronavirus, you know, flesh eating disease or whatever comes our way, uh, that they shut the church, whatever reason, they shut the churches down uh, and they say, it's OK, you can just watch online. You can watch online. Everybody's got the Internet. Everybody's got, you know, a smartphone and so forth. Well what happens if the government decides they want to start shutting down the live stream from churches that they don't like the messaging, they don't like the preaching, they don't like the word of God. Can you imagine how easy it would be for them if all the churches ended up going online and staying at home uh and then, you know, and, and then everybody's now conditioned not to come to church because of whatever reason, don't come to church, stay home and we're just going to feed you the information out to your homes through the internet. And then all of a sudden, someone decides uh, at Google or YouTube or whatever that they don't like what you're saying, and so they just shut you off. You see? And, and it's that easy that censorship happens or can happen. Um, I, I, I think the churches should be meeting. I, I think everybody needs to seek the Lord, of course. All pastors uh, and elders and so forth need to seek the Lord. But look... Um, how can we lay hands on the sick and anoint the sick with oil when they're sitting at home on uh, on their couch? How can we anoint them with oil and lay hands on the sick? We're commanded to lay hands on the sick so that they may be healed. How are we able to baptize new believers uh, with immersion underwater, which is what we believe, that you get immersed underwater when you get saved, you get baptized. Not in order to be saved, but because you are saved and you are pictured as dying with Christ, being buried with Christ underwater, and then being resurrected with Christ, how could we do that via a live stream when people are sitting on their couch at home? You see, so it, it this social distancing, uh, look, we were good for two weeks with it. We were good for probably another two weeks with it. But after about a month of them kicking the can down the road and telling us it's going to be another two weeks and then another two weeks, then another two weeks, and next thing you know, it's... Nine weeks, almost 10 weeks, and they're saying, well, it's going to be probably another two months, three months before we're going to hit phase three and so forth. Um, uh, anyways, I don't want to get political here, but I think we have a command from God to keep the church doors open. And if we go to prison, we go to prison. In Psalms chapter 18, let me read you a few verses. That speak about uh, light in the scriptures, and the symbolism and the significance of light. In Psalm chapter 18, verse 28, we read, "For you will light my lamp. the Lord my God, will enlighten my darkness. And so the Lord lightens, as it were, our lamp so that we could see. What's going on around us? We can understand. We can discern. In Psalm 27 and verse 1, we read, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Lord again, revealed as light to us in His Word. Uh, Psalm 36 and verse 9 says this, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. In your light, we see light. We see the truth. Once we come into a relationship with God and He enlightens us as it were through His Holy Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ, all of a sudden we see the things the way that God sees them. We understand things that we didn't understand before because before we were in darkness. In Psalm 37 and verse 3, David the psalmist says this, "...Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as light." and your justice as the noonday. The noonday would be the brightest part of the day. And so it is this symbolism, the significance of light uh, cannot be overestimated when it comes to what the, what the Bible speaks of as light coming out of darkness when we come into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. One more Scripture about light in the Psalms, and there's many more than this, uh, but Psalm chapter 84 and verse 11 says this, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so again, God is, is referred to here as a sun. A sun shining brightly and, and revealing uh, the truth to us. Uh, as it were. Now, what does it mean for us if we're called to be light in the world by Jesus, if we're uh, called enlightened ones in the New Testament, and we're called to walk in the light, uh, what what does that look like uh, day to day in our journey through this life? Well, if you ever have studied philosophy... Uh, anyone who's been to college even for a couple of years probably took a philosophy class. And I, I actually enjoyed philosophy, although I never graduated college. Uh, but I enjoyed uh, philosophy when I was in college. Uh, and you go back and you read the ancients, especially the Greeks, uh, starting with um, uh, Socrates and, and Plato and Aristotle. Uh, they talk about light and they talk about the cave and, and, and the proverbial cave men, as it were. And they, and they give this picture. I don't have the time to get into it. It's, it's pretty interesting though. Uh, and this is hundreds of years before Jesus came that they taught this, but they, they, they taught as though man were uh, in a cave living in total absolute darkness except for, uh, the light that you could have from a fire. And, uh, and that fire would be burning and people would see shadows on the wall and hear voices and these people in the darkness would think that that's reality. Uh, until somebody actually decided to go out of the cave out into the bright sunlight and was almost blinded to really get to see the real world. Everything else was an illusion or a, uh, you know, k- kind of a facade. It wasn't real compared to the light. And they weren't talking about God, the God of the Bible. They weren't talking about Jesus Christ. But they were talking about coming out of ignorance into wisdom. They were talking about coming out of uh, basically... Uh, to to uh, come into truth and to know what what truth is. And the ancient philosophers spoke of light as wisdom. They spoke of light as truth. They spoke of light as, as beauty. Things that are intangible, but all humans recognize them uh, as justice. Uh, animals don't uh, set up a court. When a lion kills another lion, they don't set up a court. And 12 lions judge the lion for killing the other lion. Right? I mean, it's the strongest survive. Humans are the only quote unquote animals who have a justice system who feel that there's right from wrong. And so uh light has always been uh with with the the great thinkers, even the New Testament uh church and and uh, Augustine uh and, and those who were the great thinkers of the early church, St. Augustine or St. Augustine, uh speak of light in enlightenment that comes from God. You you come to know truth. You come to know justice. You come to know beauty. You come to know wisdom through knowing the God of the Bible. We, of course, still recognize truth, beauty, and justice, and, and God's light really uh, shines on, on those things to, to tell us what is real and what is a facade. We know also uh, that uh, Jesus is referred to in the scriptures as uh, the Son. Uh, In different places, as a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, it says there's not going to be any sun in heaven, but it will never be night because it's always going to be day and it's always going to be light in heaven in the new Jerusalem because the lamb, the son of God is the light forever and ever. There's no more darkness. There's no more night because Jesus is the light. And so Jesus uh, is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And he is the light of the world. Now in Ephesians chapter 5, back where we were earlier, if you want to turn back there with me, we read this about light and darkness. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says... Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And so, to contrast light, you have to know what darkness is. And when the Bible speaks about light, it also often does refer to darkness. That which we have come out of. That which the unbelieving world is still in, the darkness. And so, what are these uh, uh, unfruitful works of darkness, which we are commanded to have no fellowship with in verse 11. Well, some of them are mentioned earlier in chapter 5. For example, in verse 3, we read this, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for the saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish jesting or foolish talking rather, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, uh, in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them and then he goes right into verse eight for you were once darkness you were like this before this was you i was to you know he's paul saying i was i I was describing you and, and himself really too all of us before we were saved we were in darkness he says for you were once darkness but now you are light in the lord therefore walk as children of light and we know uh you know, fornication is, is sex outside of marriage. All sex outside of marriage is, is wrapped up in that word fornication. The Greek word is porneo and it encompasses all manner of sexual immorality. Everything that's outside the confines of a monogamous uh, marriage with one man and one woman. That's what marriage is. God invented marriage. He came up with it. He gets to define it. One man, one woman. That's the marriage that God recognized. All other uh, sex outside of that uh, um holy uh relationship or covenant is called fornication. Uh also uncleanness is is related to sexual immorality. Uh covetousness is where you're greedy, where where you're uh jealous, where you're greedy, where you're coveting what someone else has. Someone else has something that you want and you want it for yourself. That's covetousness. The 10th commandment of the 10 commandments was thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's home, thy neighbor's donkey, or anything of thy neighbor's. Uh, And so we're, we're, we're told not to do that anymore. We're, we're Christians now we're in the light. We're no longer in darkness. Um, uh, Filthiness again, speaking of uh, uh, sexual uncleanness, foolish talking and coarse jesting. It's interesting to me that coarse jesting would refer to dirty joking or coarse humor. And uh apparently they had dirty jokes all the way back then. And and so he's saying, look, you know before you were before you were saved, when you were in darkness, you used to like all those dirty jokes and those dirty comics and everything else that you know you you really thought they were hilarious, but now you are children of light. You should no longer be entertained by this filth or this coarse jesting or this dirty joking. And uh he says uh which are not fitting, but rather we should be those who give thanks to the Lord. So, contrasting the darkness with the light, we no longer do those things that we did in the darkness. Now we are children of light. Therefore, we are commanded to walk as children of light. In the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 13, we read this in verse 11 and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly, verse 13, as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And so again, we're we're, we're, we're called to be awakened because we are now children of light. The day is, is at hand. Let us cast off the unfruitful works of darkness. Let's put them off. Let us put on, as it were, the armor of light And let us walk properly as in the day. Uh, you know, not in revelry, drunkenness, lewdness, lust, strife, and envy. You know, many things, uh, that happen, bad things happen at night. I mean, you talk to any cops, you talk to anybody that works in law enforcement, and they will tell you 90% of the crime occurs at night. Uh, night is when bad things happen. Night is when murders happen. Night is when rapes happen. uh all these terrible things. People get drunk and then they get into fights and then they go to their truck and come back with a gun to the bar and kill the guy. You know, there's there's a lot of bad things that happen at night. And so he's saying, We are we are not children of the night. We're children of the day. And so those things we don't do anymore. We're we're not to be drunkards, we're not to be those who are revilers uh or, or, or revelers that are partying all the time. Uh, not in lewdness or lust. That's again sexual immorality, which is rampant in our culture. Uh, sadly, rampant in many churches. Uh, not in strife and envy. And strife would be contentions and arguments and fighting with one another, uh, and anger, you know, and, and envy again is, is covetousness. Or jealousy or wanting something that someone else has. We're not to, we're not to go after those things anymore. We're children of, of the day. We're children of God. We're children of the light. And we're supposed to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would say, guys, that this is something we have to do diligently in our culture. Because we still have choice. Even though we're Christians, we could choose. You could have chosen to come here tonight for church or chosen to turn on uh, our program and, and watch it from home. Or you could have chosen to do something else. Go to the bar and get drunk or, or whatever. Uh, and and so uh, it, it is something that we have a choice in and we have to uh, exercise our free will and, and choose to put on Christ and to put off the deeds of darkness and the deeds of the flesh. He says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And so the flesh is always wanting to be fed and the flesh is always wanting to be filled, but the flesh is never satisfied. The appetites of the flesh are never full. If you feed your flesh, your appetite for whatever you're feeding it is going to grow larger. Look at a drug addict. Look at an alcoholic. It's just never enough. They always need more. And, you know, they may be satisfied for a while, but as soon as the buzz wears off, then they go back. And so the appetite grows. The flesh is never completely satisfied. And so we are to uh, uh, deny the flesh. We are to mortify the flesh. We're not to make any provision for the flesh. Provision would speak of food, clothing, and shelter. So we shouldn't be feeding our flesh. We should be feeding our spirit. Uh, We shouldn't be giving our flesh a a, a home as it were in our lives and giving our flesh a place where it can thrive. Uh, We're to put our flesh out of our homes and and not bring the flesh into our homes. And we're not to clothe the flesh and and, and to hide the flesh and to kind of cover it up. Uh, We're to come to God and let Him clean us and let Him restore us and heal us and fill us with Himself. And as we feed upon the things of God, Galatians 5 tells us when we feed the Spirit, the Spirit grows stronger. And then the appetite of spiritual things grows larger and larger. And we want more and more of the light. We want more and more of God in our lives. And then we begin to hate the things that God hates. And we begin to love the things that God loves. In Galatians Chapter 5, verse 19. We read this about the deeds of the flesh which are evident. Galatians 5.19, now the works of the flesh are evident, obvious, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. This is all sexual sin. Verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath... Selfish ambitions, dissensions, and heresies, verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are the deeds of the flesh that we are supposed to put off now because we are Christians. We are no longer of darkness. We are children of God. We are children of light. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so there's the key. We are Christ's, and as Christ's people, we're His people. We're now called to be light. Like the Jews were called to be light in the Old Testament, we're called to be light in our world in the New Testament. We're to put off the unfruitful works of darkness, the deeds of the flesh which are evident, and we are to, as it were, let the fruit of the Spirit come forth from our lives. And the only way that we could do this is if we are abiding in Christ and then we bear much fruit. For Jesus, because it's really all from him. We have no righteousness or goodness uh, of our own. Now that we are enlightened, and and that means that we know God, we know Christ, we know his word, we know the truth before we were in darkness and we were living in darkness and we didn't know the truth and we were deceived and we were confused and we were blinded uh, by the God of this world, Satan. But now we're enlightened. We know God. And so Ephesians chapter 1 calls us the enlightened ones, as it were. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, Paul says this The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of the inheritance in the saints. And so we are called enlightened ones. How are we to live now as enlightened ones? We're called to walk in the light of the Lord. Walk in the light of the Lord. And that's what this message uh, is all about. Again, back in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So we have to we have to seek what's acceptable to the Lord. We don't know right from wrong really, uh unless you were raised in a Christian home or you were raised in a Bible teaching church, you really don't know what's acceptable to the Lord. It's not the same as what man says is acceptable. Uh, what's acceptable to the Lord? You have to find it out. You have to search it out. How do you learn that? You learn God's will from His Word. His Word is His will. And then we're called and commanded to be those who go out and do the will of God as His people. And again, to have no uh, uh, fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It's interesting. He says this in verse 14. Awake you who, who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light Uh, 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is how we are to walk as God's children, as it were, in the light, as enlightened ones. Those who know our God. He's light. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus says, you are now the light of the world because the Holy Spirit is within you through faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to take up residence within us. Jesus says, "I'm the light of the world." then he says, "You're the light of the world." So we have His light, and we're to let our light shine. You know, we are living in very dark days, very dark days, and it's not just uh, the COVID-19. I mean, these days are spiritually dark. Um, you know' it, it's, it's, it's a very uh, it's a very interesting time in which we live, because everything that we see happening was predicted by the prophets, including Jesus Christ, who prophesied about his return and what the world would be like before he comes back. And everything that's happening is exactly what the Bible predicted would be the case in the last days. And so, uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, the economy being shut down, uh, whether it's um, the churches being shut down, whether it's uh, food shortages all around the world, and and, and famines that are taking place, and uh, rapid inflation that's that's happening. The food prices are skyrocketing. The Bible predicted these things would be the case in the last days. You know there are earthquakes happening all over the world right now. There's earthquakes happening all over California right now, and Nevada, and so forth, uh, in places where they don't usually have earthquakes. And you don't hear anything about it in the news unless you go looking for it. Because it's all about the COVID-19. That's all we hear about. My goodness. If someone else talks about the COVID-19 numbers. You know, I'm going to vomit. Uh, it's it's just kind of like, I don't need a body count anymore. And I don't even trust your numbers. I don't even believe you anymore because your numbers aren't even real. How do we know what the truth is? They're lying to us. So much of it is not true uh but it's 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 amazing you know here we're, we're we're about to experience the possibility of an economic collapse uh you know i mean it's a very real possibility that our economy will collapse uh i mean my goodness we have 25 26 trillion dollars in debt now how much more money can we borrow from you know from where where are we borrowing this money from this 25 trillion dollar debt that we have we're borrowing it from ourselves and so it's 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 kind of like at some point your your money becomes worthless you know, what's it worth? There's no gold backing it up. Uh, how can the federal government bail-, bail out 50 states that are all in an economic shutdown? Uh, it- it's-, it's-, it's amazing to me. Not only are we about to uh, perhaps see an economic collapse, but we also have the platform for a cashless society. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and all of these different technologies, uh, all of this was predicted in the Bible, that they're going to have a cashless society Revelation chapter 13. And at some point, if you don't take that mark, the 666, you will not be allowed to participate in the economy. A hundred years ago, they didn't even know what that meant when they read the book of Revelation. You can go back and read the preachers and the commentators. They didn't know what in the world that meant a 100 years ago. How could you say there's going to be a society that if you don't take a mark, you can't buy, you can't sell, you can't trade, you could be tracked down? They had no idea how that would happen. And yet today we know it's very possible. We're being tracked everywhere we go with our cell phones and they want to put a computer chip into people. Uh, that's happening. Uh, go to ID2020. I didn't believe this. Uh, just like I didn't believe that they put bats on the quarters. There are bats on our new quarters. So if you find a new quarter, quarter dollar, 2020, there's two bats on the back of it. And it's true. Look it up online. You can actually find these quarters around. And and you say, well, why would they put bats? Is this a Halloween thing? I mean, why would they put bats on American currency? Well, it's for the Samoan Islands fruit bats, supposedly, that are going extinct or it's not because the coronavirus comes from bats, and that happened in 2020. And so, uh, you know, the the Bill Gates Foundation is actually behind a lot of what's happening with the World Health Organization, NIH, National Institute of Health, CDC, etc., etc. But the Bill Gates Foundation is funding ID2020 to go and inject every. Well, not every human being yet, but they're going to 1.2 billion people who are unregistered, unmarked. They have no IDs or identity. They have no uh, money to speak of. This is the poorest of the poor throughout Africa, throughout India, different places. And what they're going to do, and, and again, this is this is all true. You could look it up online. ID 2020, they want to inject uh, a computer chip into people. That computer chip will be tied to an electronic cryptocurrency bank account, and these are poor, poor people. They have nothing. They're starving to death. They'll do anything to feed their families. Uh, it's going to supposedly be able to tell what immunizations you have. That's how they're billing it and selling it. Is you know uh, that it's so that we find out who's been immunized with flu shots and so forth uh and it's going to have their name it's going to have their birth date it's going to have their medical history records it's going to uh be constantly and they're going to put it in people's hands like the bible says the mark is going to go on the right hand of the forehead uh and and they're going to uh basically be able to track the people in case a child gets abducted uh, in case someone with dementia wanders off that's how they're that's how they're selling it uh but that the main ingredient in this injection, besides the computer chip, which will track them and also identify them, uh, is luciferous, is the compound. That they put into your body. And once you have luciferous in your body, you can put it, you can't take it out of your hand, you can't dig it out of your body. It becomes part of your body that when you put it underneath a black light or a certain light, it will glow. Luciferous is the word lucifer with A-S-E at the end of it. It is a chemical compound called Luciferous. This is what they're injecting in people, or they will be. ID 2020 program. Uh, and uh it is the compound that makes. Uh, A jellyfish glow in the dark or a lightning bug glow in the dark. And so um, all of this, guys, all of this was predicted by God in the Bible. We're living in very dark times. Very dark times. Earthquakes happening. Volcanoes erupting all over the world. You have signs in the heavens. Not only do we have signs in the heavens, and by the way, the Bible said there's going to be signs in the heavens. Stars are going to be falling from the sky and so forth. We have so many lights in the sky now. Could you imagine a hundred years ago, if people were to see a, you know, a space shuttle or they were to see a satellite going over them. What would they think it is a hundred years ago or 500 or 2000 years ago? Today we take it for granted. We have drones, we have airplanes, we have spaceships flying all over the place. We don't even think twice about it. Uh, and now they're telling us UFOs are real and, you know, the military saying, yeah, UFOs are real. And there's all these black projects uh, that the government doesn't tell us what they're doing with all these hundreds of billions of dollars a year in technologies and so forth. The Bible predicted all of this. So we, we'd have to actually be dumb, deaf and blind not to see that we are living in the last days. Certainly very, very dark days. Jesus tells us as his church, as his people, as his saints in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, Sermon on the Mount. He says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so really, darkness is the absence of light. As soon as you turn on a light switch or you turn on a flashlight, the darkness is gone. So, uh, light... Uh, exposes what was there brings it into the light what was there is now exposed and the darkness has to flee but apparently even though we are called the light of the world and we have the light of jesus christ within us as his people we can choose to cover up our light and not let our light shine A- and we just kind of hide our light you know the uh secret agent christians who you you know you never know they're a Christian until they hear you talk about Jesus and you've worked with them for 10 years and all of a sudden they tell you that they're Christians too. But you never would have known it because they didn't let their light shine. And, and so we're called to be those who are unashamed and unapologetic about our faith in Jesus Christ. You know what? Uh, it's okay if they call us fools or they call us ignorant or whatever they want to call us. That's okay. Uh, we, we, we would rather obey God than man. We'd rather please God than man. Uh, we, we'd rather fear God then fear man. So we have to let our light shine, especially in these dark days. Uh, it's exciting that we're living in these days. You know, the prophets and the kings, uh, uh, you know, wrote about these things in, in our Bibles about the future. And we're living at that time. This is a remarkable time in human history to be Christians, to be the church. Another reason why the churches should open their doors, in my opinion. In John chapter three and verse 19, Jesus says this. He says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. You know, uh, it's Sin is, is pleasurable for a season, the Bible says. But the wages of sin is death. The, the end of sin is death. And so it may be fun for a while, but, but then it becomes a you become a slave to it. It becomes a master. It becomes a taskmaster. And it drives you into the dirt, uh, sin does and the, and the, and the deeds of the flesh. So God's trying to, He's trying to help us. He's not trying to keep us from having fun. You could have joy in the Lord. You could have joy in the things of God, in serving the Lord, in getting to know the Lord, and being with God's people. Uh, but the deeds of of darkness are are death, and those who are practicing evil they hate the light because they don 't want their deeds to be exposed, but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in god so So we are no longer in darkness guys as his people we're in the light, and so we should no longer walk in darkness and live in darkness. Why would we? Darkness is scary. Darkness is dangerous. That's where bad things happen. That's where all the creepy, crawly, dangerous creatures come out. The stinky creatures come out at night. The skunks and the snakes and the cockroaches and the scorpions and the spiders and all of these dangerous creatures. Lions hunt at night and packs of wolves hunt at night. You know, it's a dangerous place in the dark. Uh, and so God calls us to come out of the darkness and come into the light of the Lord this is true in nature darkness versus light it's also true in the spiritual realm in the book of first John chapter 1 John the beloved disciple tells us this in verse 5 he says this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light And in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, with God, and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. Now, that may not be popular to say today. That may offend people. You know, we're so worried about offending everybody. Nobody's worried about offending us by shutting our churches down. You know, nobody's, you know, they don't care about offending Christians and walking over all all of our liberties and, you know, our freedom to let our light shine. uh. And yet we're supposed to be so concerned about offending everybody else. But God just tells us like it is. He just says, look, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Darkness flees wherever God is. There's no darkness in God. And he says, and if we as his people, he's writing to Christians, Want to have fellowship with him, or we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet we are living and walking in darkness. We're liars. We're lying, and the truth is not in us because God isn't going to go into those dark places. I mean, a buddy of mine used to, who's a pastor, he used to say, you know, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to judge you if you want to, you know, buy a fifth of whiskey, or you want to go buy a carton of cigarettes, or whatever. Who am I to judge you? He'd say, but, uh, but he said, but you know. do you realize Jesus is going with you to buy that fifth of whiskey if you're a Christian? He's in you. Uh, You know, I'm not here to condemn you if you go watch all kinds of filthy rated R movies or they don't even have to be rated R anymore to be filthy movies. Uh, But remember, Jesus is going into that filthy movie with you in the theater. He doesn't stay in the parking lot while you go watch the filthy movie and then go back to your car so you can come back to church on Sunday. He's, Jesus is with us. He would say, Uh, what kind of cigarettes do you think Jesus likes to smoke? You're a Christian, you're gonna go smoke cigarettes. I'm not judging you for smoking cigarettes, but just know that Jesus is in you through the Holy Spirit. So, we just have to, we just have to be honest with ourselves, guys. And again, this is not to judge anybody else. This is, this is for me to judge myself. Bible says if you judge yourself rightly, you will not be judged. And take the beam out of your own eye first. Judge yourself first, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 1. Take the beam out of your own eye first so that you could see the speck that's in your brother's eye to help remove the speck out of your brother's eye. He says this in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all our sins. I mean it's it's so easy to get right with God. You just have to humble yourself. You know, you have to put on Christ. You have to put off the works of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, and we have to just say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm tired of being worn down by sin. I'm tired of being worn out uh, by this lifestyle. I'm tired. It's like beating my head against a wall. Uh, I've got one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus, and I'm I'm just I'm not satisfied. I got too much of Jesus to be happy in the world, and I have too much of the world in me to be happy in church. You're a mess. Make a decision. Go all in for Christ, guys. The rapture is going to happen at any time. We're two thousand years closer to the coming of Jesus Christ to come back for His church. We need to wake up and realize, look around, and say, you know what? Jesus could come back today. And what do I want Jesus to catch me doing when He returns? Where do I want Him to find me? And so and so, God is calling us to Himself. He's calling us to repentance. He's calling us to walk in holiness and to walk in obedience to His Word and to His will. And God is so gentle with us. He's so kind. He doesn't, he doesn't condemn us. Jesus was judged on the cross so that we don't have to be judged. So we don't have to be condemned. But if we walk in darkness and we're living in darkness, we can't really say we have fellowship with Jesus because Jesus is light. He says if we confess our sins in 1 John one nine, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're always that close to being restored to God. All we have to do is humble ourselves and repent. All we have to do is examine ourselves. All we have to do is... Look in the mirror as it were. Instead of judging others, look in the mirror, judge ourselves. I, I'm not your judge. Uh, I, I have a tough enough time keeping myself on the right path. I have to judge myself rightly because I, I want to please God. I want to be found worthy when He comes back. I want to be found as one who is serving Him and doing His will and living out His Word to the best of my ability. And if I have another 50 years, great. If I have another 50 days, 50 minutes, you know, 50 weeks, 50 months. We don't know. any time Jesus come back. And so we should always live as though Jesus could come back today.
0: We all want to thank you for listening. If this message has blessed you, as we all pray that it has, send the link to this podcast to your friends. Working together, we can get Michael's teaching of the whole of God's inerrant word to all those who hunger to hear it. If you would like to see this ministry expand to reach even more of the broken and lost, if you have questions, comments, and prayer requests, email us at podcast at gmail dot com. We would be honored to pray for you as we hope you are praying for us. Good day and God bless from City on a Hill Church to Hatchipay, California.